Hello, everybody. Welcome to another NPC's Weekly News Roundup. It is April 23rd, 2022. Thank you for joining us this evening. Tonight, we'll be talking about the surprise announcement of, for some reason, Godzilla and Kong making their way to Caldera on Warzone. A little interesting uh, timing there, especially since that movie came out a little while ago. Uh, we'll also be talking about, of course, the leak surrounding Game Boy games making their way to Nintendo Switch Online and the potential for some sort of crossover with a Nintendo Switch Online uh, or existing Nintendo Switch Online component. And we'll also be talking about how the Portal writer, one of the Portal writers, is really, really pushing Valve to let him start working on a Portal 3 uh, setup. So there's that and more, of course, here on the Weekly News Roundup, but we're going to roll our intro first and then get things started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another NPC's Weekly News Roundup for the week of November 20th, 2020. It is Friday. It is, uh, where's my date? It's September 18th, 2020, here's our first story, and this is actually breaking news for all of us right now here, too. Figured this is a, kind of a big one to cover, of course, with who it is. Joined via Discord by Kyle because we're in the midst of a pandemic still, and of course, everything is all kinds of crazy. So, this thing is a chocker. I mean, yeah, it's a beast. It's huge. Doing a. Um, that we had the Resident Evil stuff, that they were successful with Castlevania. Welcome to another NPC's weekly news roundup. And it's the news time. I am joined, of course, by Kyle via Discord. Kyle, hello. What's up? Man. And here we are, everybody. Guess what? It is time for the news. Apologies for not being here last week. Of course, uh, I ended up experiencing some type of crazy illness there, so definitely needed a break for sure over that weekend. But we're back. Of course, my name is Travis, and uh, right next to me here on Discord uh, is Kyle. Hi, Kyle. What's up? It's a lot of news, actually, and some some interesting stuff. Some, some of it bizarre. Some of it bizarre, and one of them almost not really, like, surprising. Um, I'll let you guess which one is maybe the not surprising. Um, no, that's okay. Eh, we're we're going to hold there, off on that. There's we'll, a few of them that kind of aren't surprising to me, honestly. I, I think in this there, market, probably yeah. not. Well, yeah. let's do this then. Let's just go ahead and hop right into our first one. And of course, it's the thing we love talking about almost every week, and it's not NFTs this time. It's Halo Infinite. Uh 343 officially dropped a roadmap showing what's going on through season two and, of course, the upcoming season three, but confirmed in the season three roadmap that um, campaign co-op will not be launching until late August and Forge will not be getting uh, any sort of release or at least a full release. They'll be getting a beta release sometime in uh, the later part of this year within season three itself. But Kyle, I think for everything we've looked at here with Halo Infinite, um, you know, it, it is kind of a disappointment to see that it's going to take that long to get there, like almost the, you know, several months closer to the one year anniversary of the game's launch to see a core mechanic finally get out there. What do you think about that? Uh, well, count this one is not surprising. I, I mean, I, I feel like even getting the, uh, and I forgot the name of the, the company again, uh, getting getting them involved, you know, making the additional play modes and whatnot, they're sh still stretched thin. And I I don't know I I saw the roadmap coming a little while ago, and I wish they wouldn't have. I I don't I I hate this idea of roadmaps that companies keep having to put out roadmaps. It's just what why don't you just complete the the stuff and and throw it out and go hey guys we got new content for you you know. 
Exactly. And the dev is Certain Affinity, who uh, has yeah, supported... that's the one. Yeah, has supported Bungie and 343 on the Halo series, going all the way back to map creation and some back-end development support, uh, yeah, with Halo 2. So, you know, they definitely have a big tenure with supporting things on Halo. So them coming in um, and kind of doing that rumored Battle Royale is one thing, but... Yeah, it's it. Maybe they're helping to contribute as well too to the rest of the roadmap. Maybe things will move faster. But you are right. I, them putting out a roadmap is just the like the expectation to put that type of stuff out for a game is is kind of the norm. But it feels weird for Halo. Yeah, I don't know. Roadmaps feel very crutchy to me. Um, I I don't know if that's even a word, but I I just yeah, and. I, the whole the whole forge you know being in beta as soon as the end of season two potentially maybe that's a little preemptive uh i think maybe we should have focused on co-op campaigns since that was a core mechanic you know kind of since the beginning so and we didn't have it at launch maybe maybe that was a little bit more important than forge i understand the the need for forge especially you know, with the ability for other people to make more more play modes, more maps that that could potentially get add to the, added to the game, um, but I don't know. It's I I feel like it's a poor choice to to put out this roadmap and to to say hey we're we're targeting this, but oh you're gonna have a forge, you know beta. Why not just say, "Hey, we're we're gonna give you campaign co-op in full," and then, you know, we're we're targeting a full Forge release launch right after that. True, yeah. So, like, I've got the roadmap up here. Uh, screen cap is actually from uh, Halo Waypoint, but we're on we're looking here at this article from VideoGamesChronicle.com, and uh, so it says here. Of course, we know season two starts in a few weeks, um, or actually, it's uh, uh, yeah, just under. What is that? That's, uh, what is that, 10 days it looks like? Yeah. So in 10 days, we'll have Season 2 kickoff. We've got new maps. Uh, we've got new game modes. We've got a new narrative event um, called Interference. And then there's Alpha Pack. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got, of course, the new Battle Pass. We've got a new Fracture event, which isn't Tenrai. It's actually called Entrenched. Uh, we've got Campaign Network Co-op, which is set for uh, late August, again, as we talked about here. Um, we've got campaign mission replay in late August as well, and because if you want to be able to go back and play the original missions, you're not going to be able to do so unless you start over from the beginning. Forge open beta in September, and then just your normal quality of life improvements, which it sounds like they've actually fixed a lot of things that have been causing some gripes, especially on PC side. Then, of course, over here, we got the Season 3 side of it. So new Battle Pass, new maps, new modes, new sandbox items, new narrative events, new Fracture event, Forge Open Beta, quality of life improvements, and then campaign split-screen co-op. Which is it's not just like the campaign network co-op, meaning that, of course, like Kyle and I can get online and play, but split-screen is having two people sitting next to each other playing the game on the same console at the same time. So oh. that's the roadmap. That's I mean, that's what it is. Maybe hmm. part of it is just... Like, I, I'm thinking maybe part of it is relating to the maybe they're feeling more confident internally to be able to put these dates out, 
and it's also more of an accountability thing to them instead of what they've been doing so far is that they're trying to put more accountability on themselves saying we are aiming for these you know and, and we're really Maybe. putting ourselves out there to say we're doing it but it's i don't know i mean i'll, I'll still play when these things come out yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. At least I know that they're actually still attempting to show that hey, we're coming out with content and we're oh, we're yeah. hitting these these dates. So, oh yeah, I I guess I'll have something to look forward to after the long lull of playing the same season, you know, over and over. Like I and we we discussed in uh, previous recordings and whatnot that you know it just. It gets dull, even with the uh, the uh, fractured Tenrai event, and I think there was another event that they did. Cyber Showdown. Um, yeah, the Cyber Showdown. It's kind of like, well, I completed the season already, and it, it's few and far between when we get the uh, actual missions to get an item. So, yeah, why why bother? You know. Yeah, and I, I can I can understand some of that sentiment too. I think part of it right now is. I mean, at least, you know, is like we've said before, is that um, there are other things to go out and play. And, of course, once we see, you know, some of these things happen, it's like we're going to come back. You know, Halo's a fun time to play. But, yeah, as you run out of kind of these things to excel at, it kind of runs into a weird position. Um, so, you know, we've only got a, 10 days left, and then we can go ahead and hop on again and start playing this again. You know, get through this battle right. pass and get through these different events. I'm really excited to try out um king of the hill the the modifications to king of the hill and then last part in standing we actually won't even be able to play together because that's only a sit you can only join up as a single player in there you can't be in a, mm -hmm. a squad so maybe we'll just have to try to time it together to actually join the game at the same time and see if we can get to the same line. right yeah uh but with that of course though if you want more details on the roadmap of course for Halo Infinite and all the different things coming out for it. Be sure to go over to Halo Waypoint and check out what they have there. And my nose is bothering the hell out of me. That wind has been <laughs> blowing up so much crap today. It's been driving everybody in the house crazy. Uh, but let's move on here to probably the more bizarre news of the uh, uh, of the week, more than anything. Uh, Godzilla and King Kong are going to be joining Warzone. And for some reason, they say Warzone as operators in um uh, what uh in may yeah they actually that's that's what it looks like um so it looks like what's going to be happening is that uh godzilla and king kong are going to be part of a um event in warzone over on caldera called operation monarch may 11th is when that drops however uh, there's no idea of exactly what's going to occur in this event itself. Uh, let me go ahead and bring up the actual uh, trailer for it to play here in the background. Um, let's see but here. I, I guess now anything is possible in Call of Duty. Well, part of it makes me think that this is... Like, there's a couple things with it, I think. is um, Well, let me go ahead and bring this up here. Um... It wasn't until I think part of it is that it, it's oops, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like what uh, Fortnite has done. Like when they had the big robot fighting the big monster, you know, it's like right. that was kind of one of those things to help with, you know, or to um, it drove a lot of people in. So is that what you're going to see here? You know, is that what you're going to see 
happen is just you're going to be playing Warzone like you normally would, but then here's Godzilla and Kong fighting, and, and will it will manipulate the map as you play. So, you know, you right. land in a spot, Kong hits Godzilla, Godzilla goes down, and does that mess up part of the map, and you can't do anything, you know? Does it do that? I wonder if there's, like, any way you could support one or the other. Like, oh, help like, Kong win or help Godzilla win. That'd be kind of interesting. Like, maybe, like, if you shot Godzilla with an RPG or something and distracted him a little bit, you know, Kong could sneak up and do something. Like, a dynamic. In yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Kind of, like, root for your champion. Yeah, but here's the question. But while, while the combat's going on, I, I just don't... I, I don't understand how this this is uh call of duty whatsoever but i don't know <sighs> whatever right <laughs> well this, the reason why i'm confused by it is because godzilla versus kong the movie released um just over a year ago march 31st 2021 is when that movie came out and i i don't hmm. i don't understand why the collaboration now like, you'd figure that a lot yeah. of it would want to be more timed to the actual release of the movie when the content's out there versus something almost a year later. Unless maybe we're getting ready to see Legendary Pictures drop a, like, new trailer for the next phase of things with uh, Godzilla and King Kong. I don't know. Maybe. I I couldn't tell you. Um yeah, it, it still just totally baffles me. This is this is one that came out of left field this week for me. So, yeah, uh, but I do like that idea. I mean, they are going to be having a whole new event here starting in the next few days on April twenty seventh. Um, Warzone and Vanguard are going to be getting a new season called Classified Arms. It's going to have you know all the different things that the seasons normally do. Um, right, but yeah, uh, Operation Monarch is going to be a part of it, but. You know, maybe they will do something that is dynamic enough to modify the map, like uh, what we saw with stuff in Fortnite. You know, um, I, I had a thought maybe that as you're jumping in, maybe um, like, you know, like, let's say you jump out of the plane and you're one of those who wants to go see what, you know, it's like, oh, what happens if I fly next to Kong? Maybe Kong will see you and just swat you out of the sky and then that's it for you, you know? Um, or maybe you have to get out of the plane a certain amount of time, like the trailer shows there before he grabs it and chucks it into the uh chucks it into the ground that'd be kind of cool yeah uh serpent knight here says and this is actually something i just looked up as well too is he says there are contractual talks for a new one so they might want to keep them fresh in people's minds well that's one way to do it um i i guess i could understand some of that because it looks like they're supposed to be starting filming on the new one sometime here soon uh or at least sometime this year uh but Again, it just seems a little bizarre, though, even even so, like, you know, incorporate one or the other. But when you see them combined, it's like the movie came out over a year ago. Come on, guys, you can do you right. can do better than that. But yeah, I, I'm just weird. I am curious, though, to see the dynamic side of things um, if there are if there is a dynamic side to it. But I'm I, I guess I'm mostly curious. I haven't had Warzone installed for a while like a long while now like i think actually like a full year maybe it's time to reinstall yeah, it I've when been this comes at least out and almost a year so maybe we need to reinstall it when this drops and just see what the hell's going on instead of watching other people play it maybe i don't know yeah i don't know 
Me either. But uh, what I do know instead, Kyle, is I want you to talk to us about this next story on the list. And this is something we've actually covered in the news uh, actually months ago. So let's talk about it. What do we got? So um, talks over at Sony. Um, apparently, Sony is reportedly working on bringing advertisements uh, to their free-to-play PlayStation games. Uh, basically, think on the grounds of what they did with like NBA. What was it? Uh, 2K or was that the? Uh... It was NBA 2K Ooh. that had it, and then okay, UFC yeah. Four and UFC, yeah. UFC um, yeah, that's but cool. the in-game ads are expected to launch by the end of the year and would appear in inconspicuous places like billboards inside games. Um, so there, there's another game that had actually tried this out before. Um, I want to say back on the 360, the original prototype did this uh, with their in-game billboards um, that right. people yeah. forget about. And it, it, it was just such a minor thing but i i guess to the level of where they're kind of going um it it sounds like it might just be more than than pictures like billboards could be running full length ads that potentially um within the game um but it'd be like on an electronic billboard so um i don't know that that kind of rubs me the wrong way. If it's going to be a constantly updated thing that it could affect, uh, potentially affect the, the install size tremendously, um, in the long run. Oh yeah. What do you think? Oh, I absolutely agree. So we talked about this previously. So the article even mentions that Microsoft is looking into this too. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's like both companies are trying to, uh, I guess, um, try to find a new way with the amount of free to play games out there to, continue to rake in some of that money. But I guess part of it, yeah, is one, how exactly is the data get in there? Like, do you have to literally down an update, download an update every day? Or as you're connected to, like, playing the game, does it just actively download that little bit of advertisement data in the background to display on your, like, while you're playing the game? Because I would imagine, like you said there, um, and I think the article said it too, right? Is that they would be, yeah, in conspicuous places. So for them to be in there, maybe it won't be so bad. Like, you know, it's not like a a mobile game where you play like for 10 minutes or five minutes, and then you get an ad that you have to watch for 90 seconds, you know? But on the other hand, say it's a game that does involve, I don't know, New York, you know, and you happen to be in Times Square and it has to download ads for all the billboards in Times Square. Yeah, I mean, depending all, on how all of a sudden many... that that potentially becomes large, and some of those are video billboards, like I said. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's downloading video files for advertisements to your system. That's true. Or again, it is some sort of like metadata thing where it actually just actively streams in to the game itself instead of downloading too. it. But you are right; that is a concern. Um, this technology was looked at before, like you made mention of, like NBA Two K and uh, you know UFC Four. Um, so it's not like it's an obscure thing that people aren't really aware of, but for it to make its way to free to play games that, um, you know, were on consoles or PC is a very interesting, um, 
is a very interesting problem because like one thing here, I had to go look up in-game advertising really quick too. Like, so I brought up the Wikipedia Mm -hmm. article and here's this gamer reaction section. It says gamers may feel that in-game advertising is invasive and in some cases have dubbed uh, in-game advertising supported software as spyware. Some gamers choose to remove advertisements from the game experience, either by paying more for an advertisement free copy or disabling the advertisements through exploits. So uh, because like the article even says here too, this article from The Verge talks about uh, what the the sources are saying is that uh, sources told Insider that Sony hasn't yet decided if it would take a portion of ad revenue, but is considering having developers and publishers pay for consumer data. Because when you get online to play a game and depending on the advertisements you serve, that's a lot of data that could potentially go back to target even more advertisement to to gamers about anything. You know, it's like, I guess, would you really want to be playing something like Forza Horizon 5, Kyle, and have one of the things you looked at on Amazon come up as a advertisement in there? Not really. No, no, no. Because no. imagine but, like, well, imagine especially like you're searching for something that's a little bit more like personal for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 let's say you're you're searching up something that, you know you're trying to find information on. And of course there could be targeted advertising that goes with that. What if it is something personal and you're like a streamer, for example, and here's all this stuff that comes up, you know, as advertisements in your game, it could be detrimental both sides, whether it is something very personal or it could even be something inflammatory as well. That drives yeah. even more problems. You know, that that's what right. I would think is a, like, you know, an issue. Well, and that, that that's one of the hangups too, is um, a lot of the, uh, the advertisers would need a lot of convincing because of what, you know, how do you, how do you pair, you know, content to mature rated games? Like, Oh, well they, they were just killing, you know, 50 Nazis, still people still in a video game tech, you know, but it, it's still emulating murder. And then you're going to try and sell them condoms on a game. I, I, you know, exactly. how do you, how do you advertise to that? Yeah, because then it's like it runs into one of those situations, especially with free to play games that kids are getting into. Like, what about mm-hmm. advertising? Like, what if that ends up making its way to Roblox or making its way to, um, you know, Fortnite, for example, as well? Uh, it's, it's well, and Ro- Roblox has already been under fire for having you know adult content that has popped up from you oh, know yeah. people adding content to the game that may encourage adult behavior. It's one of those things, people, where you need to start getting ready. And if you don't want those in-game advertisements to start showing up just like everything else, maybe go get yourself a, a Raspberry Pi and set yourself up some pie holes so you can uh, you can filter all that stuff out from your network. Might not mm-hmm. be a bad idea to start working on that. Especially you, Kyle, since you bought that uh, that Atari VCS retro console, and now you basically have a little server if you don't end up playing the games on it. Right. Well, it it has like a ton of free arcade games, like actual arcade games oh, yeah. uh, that'll that are on it, like classic ones. So that that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. No, like, I, I get that. Uh, the arcade version of like Double Dragon and stuff. So that that's exciting. It is. 
It is, I know, and I, I can't wait to actually see it when you get that VCS. You'll have to bring it over so we can actually really like oh heck yeah check it out there because I, I want to see the PC side of it too. Uh, but oh, anyway, yeah, for sure. But anyway, no, going on that though. But yeah, it's like that. That might be one of those things. It's like to go and start researching how to set a pie hole on your network with a Raspberry Pi and and get everything working that way because in game advertisements are going to be they've been a long time coming for console and PC games, so they're just moving faster and faster. Well, and you know. Uh, a lot of a lot of companies have tried to combat uh, in-game advertisements with with microtransactions to supplement income from the game, especially when you know like you used markets drive you know profits for those companies down. So it, yeah, it, it has been a long time company coming. You you've got a lot of piracy out there. You've got a lot of um, stuff. I mean, there will be ways around it, of course, but. How far do you really want to go is what it's going to come down to when you're playing a free game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how how deep do you actually want to take that in-game advertisement experience and, you know, with, like, respect to alienating your players, you know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. But let's take it from, I guess, it's kind of funny to say the depressing side of things um, because in-game advertisements, just more advertising in general. Um, you know, let's take it to the actually very interesting and very, like, not surprising, but still pretty cool. Uh, there has been a leak that says Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance emulators are going to be making their way to Nintendo Switch Online, but nobody has any idea on when. Uh, so this forum post over here on famaboards.com looks to be a uh, looks to be a fan site for uh, anything Nintendo related. Uh, there is a leak that was put out on 4chan. Uh, showing that um, Nintendo has a Game Boy Advance emulator work uh, in progress for the Nintendo Switch, and it's a matter of waiting for Switch Online just to get this emulator in the first place. Uh, so a mm-hmm. lot of the details in here as well are really talking about some of the stuff that's coming up. Um, I can actually bring up some of the tweets here where things were talked about and share the screen in just a second. Uh, let's see here. Switch over to that. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Yep. So uh, Trash... Bandit Coot is or Bandat Coot or however he calls himself on Twitter uh, says, yeah, so Nintendo's official Game Boy Advance simulator for the Nintendo Switch uh, just leaked. Now it's just a matter of waiting for NSO to add it. And so here is what was actually found in some of the uh, extracts as well, though. Um, the emulator itself is actually called uh, internally Sloop is what they're calling it. Sloop being, of course, a little ship. Uh, but so far, they've actually seen a lot of uh, Game Boy Advance games start to make their round, like make the rounds as uh, playable, at least through some of the things that they've had leak. Um, and some of the screenshots, of course, with uh, what people have been able to download from the leak software, I mean, it's showing things working just fine. <coughs> so, what do you think, Kyle? Do you think we're actually very close here to the potential release of uh, of all this stuff making its way? You know, to uh, oh yeah, online? we're we're gonna see. I I feel like. Um, either the announcement or the release of Game Boy titles and maybe not Game Boy Advance, but Game Boy and Game Boy Color is going to be end of this year, beginning of next year. And we'll be getting Game Boy Advance probably summer of, of next year. Very, uh, very possible that it could be. Yeah, it could be staggered just like they do with the releases I, of the... Um, I know I said no more Nintendo. predictions, but it it just... It's to Nintendo. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know it's been in the works for a while. 
uh, just from, you know, leaked sources that I, I've read and stuff that there, there's potentially been something going on in the background for quite a while. But I mean, especially w when you think about the fact that we're, we're paying so much for the, what, what, what is it? The expansion, uh, the expansion pack. The, yeah, the expansion pack of, of Nintendo Online. Mm -hmm. And have they really updated it a whole lot? I mean, the the launch wasn't all that that grand. And, I mean, for what we got, I mean, yeah, we got uh, 64 games. But I think I'm probably one of five people that actually enjoyed the Sega game collection that was on there. So, I I don't know. It... It seems a little lacking for for people to join, and I know we are getting the Splatoon expansion here um, for Splatoon Two before yep. Splatoon Three releases as part of the pack. But that's also content that's been out for what two years now. So, yeah. But I wonder, like, you gotta you gotta give something to the the that audience that's paying that much for for the expansion pack. Oh, true. Um, online experience and still. Nothing for for voice communication. Yeah, just yeah. God, come on, Nintendo, get that one figured out. But what I find interesting though is like like you said with the tears in that for Nintendo Switch Online. I wonder if like mm -hmm. Game Boy and Game Boy Color will be in the regular tier for Switch Online, and expansion pack will include Game Boy Advance. Um, I could see, I could see potentially Game Boy being added to the original um Nintendo Online service. But Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance being added to the expansion pass or expansion pack, and then potentially later on, maybe knocking Game Boy Color back down to the expansion pack, or maybe uh, swapping Sega Genesis down to the um, standard, and then leaving Game Boy and Game Boy Color as part of the expansion pack experience. Hmm. No, that's an interesting thought on this too. Uh... That's that's very possible that they could completely restructure all of Switch Online and where things go out. One thing I want to mention, though, here is that in that Twitter thread, uh, what Trash Bandicoot said here is that uh, is and even though there is a Game Boy emulator, only four playable games were found. Super Mario Land, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Quix and Tetris. And it's not a surprise to actually see like first party titles like Super Mario Land and The Legend of Zelda being there. Quicks, I'm not, I don't know what game that is, but Tetris was, I mean, like, uh, effectively a launch title for the Game Boy and yeah. did so well, you know, and, you know, it was one of those games that a lot of people, especially those in Japan who would be commuting, um, whether their daily, you know, daily life would just pull out a Game Boy and start playing Tetris on the train while going between work and home, home and work and, and so on. Uh, but Serpent Knight here actually adds again on, um, in chat saying, will they have the color palettes as seen on the Super Game Boy? I'm guessing not, but that would be nice. That's something that hasn't really been shown off in the leaks just yet. I do. I think that that's pessimistic. I, I think they would just because that that's a Nintendo thing. They they did that with when they put out the Game Boy colors as well as with the uh, uh, GameCube uh, Game Boy Player. You could do the color palette swap on the originals. So I I think. I think they would actually, honestly. Hmm. 
Maybe. I mean, you know, keep a lot of that original functionality, so maybe possible. Yeah. Um, one other thing was also mentioned here, too, or two other things that are actually pretty big, and I think these are probably neat to know, especially, is this. So we got one, um, which is that the uh, Game Boy um, emulators there, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, will actually support mm-hmm. a link cable functionality in them, meaning that if you are playing with someone else on a Switch... Uh, or on while well, they have their own Switch and you have yours, and you're both playing on those Game Boy emulators, you can actually emulate a link cable connection. So if you guys wanted to play, say, Pokemon Red versus Blue, get into a battle with each other, even doing trading between each other, that will at least be a function that's there. Um, that's I, super cool. I, I have to admit, though, outside of the Pokemon games, I don't know what else the link cable was actually used for. I, I don't know. What oh, man. I, you have to forgive me on that. Um, I just don't remember. Uh, it depended on what generation. There was tons that, that you used the Link Cable for. If you wanted to do Tetris 2-player... Um, I remember the Link Cable port wanted... was used like on the Game Boy Advance for interacting with the uh, GameCube for uh, Legend of Zelda Four Swords. Um, they actually used it also for the Crystal Chronicles if you wanted to play four-player. Oh, yeah. Uh, each of the right. players had their own map that only revealed certain things to that player. That's right. Yes, I remember now. So yep. you had to communicate and stuff. It was kind of cool. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. But um, no, I just just straight-up link cable console to console. I just could or handheld to handheld. I couldn't remember. Um, yeah, that, so. those were the days, man. Yeah, they yeah, dragging that cable <laughs> along, especially so. Uh, but there was Trading that your Pokemon around. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But there's that, and then the other part of the leak that also came out here too, and and this is based on what's been at least seen so far. However, not yet, um, I think validated in testing. There appears to be an option where the Nintendo sixty four uh, emulator in Switch Online expansion pack will be able to work with a basically emulation of the transfer pack. Now, the transfer pack is the um, attachment for the bottom of the controller that allows you to pop in a Game Boy or Game Boy Color game and interact with that game on uh, other things on the Nintendo 64. One of the big ones that everybody should really be aware of is Pokemon Stadium. And Pokemon Stadium I was about to say... Is that Does that could, mean we could get our own team and do stadium battles again? Yes. That would be super cool. Exactly, yes. So you could actually take that game, load it in, and be able to take your team from your uh, from the game that you're playing in Pokemon and bring them into stadium to fight other Pokemon in there too. So that was a big thing, especially for us as kids, because not only that, but I know you could do it with Game Boy games on the Super Nintendo, but also with the N64, um, you can with that game plugged in, you can actually play it in a Game Boy emulator on mm-hmm. your N64. So you could actually play through the game there. Would that be a hell of a loop, though, is that they add Game Boy Color support for uh, Switch Online, and you use the transfer pack functionality to play a Game Boy Color game that's being emulated through the Nintendo 64, which is being emulated through its own Game Boy emulation, too. It's like a weird loop is what you're effectively doing to be able to make it work. It's just the internet would catch fire. It probably can't will do that. I already start. I'm already <laughs> smelling smoke. So those are a couple things that just, I thought were interesting to point out. You're not wrong. You're seriously not wrong that we could potentially see that, you know, that, you know, that we yeah. could see everybody go crazy with that type of loop, but I don't know. I, I, I could see him doing it with Pokemon just as a weird, you know, like you want to do the redundancy loop just to see what it'll do. 
okay, okay, because, you know, Nintendo does wacky things every now and then. They'd probably take it out a year after, but... Um, oh, probably. Oh, probably. I don't know. The, the fact that we, we could potentially play Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, and then take the our our team effectively from those games and have stadium battles once again with one another i loved that in junior high it was so much fun um man i i i bought pokemon stadium for my 64 just to do that and i i don't have a transfer pack but this makes it like totally unnecessary to have picked up that game now (laughs) Yeah, that's that's going to be a big one. Um, so, rumor on date, though, before we move on to our next story here, um, is supposedly this could very well have a release in September. Uh, further along in mm. the forums, uh, some people are speculating that this release could come out in September because uh, August 29th, um, you won't be able to buy Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games from the 3DS and Wii U eShop. Mm-hmm. So by cutting it off in August or, or announcing it here sometime soon and setting a September release date means that things might be available, you know, relatively quick, so to speak. Yeah, um, but so, I think it also gives them the finite that they're done with with everything else. This is what their focus is. You don't need to worry about your previous generation devices. Now this is where it's at. Yeah, it's just kind of the unfortunate part of it is just time goes on. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but that's just where we're at right now, at least on the rumors and such. You know, um, uh, there is stuff out there that looks like it is official internal code there for Nintendo to be able to make these things work. So uh, keep your eyes out for any sort of special um, Nintendo Direct coming up where they're going to announce things like this, because I'm sure it's probably coming here pretty soon. Right. But let's talk about this next one here, because, of course, as fans of Valve games, um, we know that this will probably not happen, but one can hope. Portal Writer wants to write more Portal. Uh, so uh, Eric Wolpa, uh, uh was in an interview and talked about here, this article is from Kotaku, uh, says that he wants to work on writing for a third Portal game. Um, he is just at the point and that uh, that's him and the development team that originally wrote, you know, stuff for the portal series. They are ready to get working on portal three. All it takes is valve to say, go. What do you think? So we're, I guess I didn't, uh, read the full article cause I, I just kind of skimmed it before. Uh, but were, were they the story writers? Did they write the, uh, communication between the characters what what part of of the uh, game did they actually write for you know let's take a look here so he's listed as so eric wolpa has been a video game writer for um almost 20 years now uh he was a co-writer on psychonauts he was a writer on half-life 2 episode 1 and episode 2 he was a writer on portal co-writer on left for dead uh, writer for Portal 2, Artifact, co-writer for Half-Life Alex, and writer for Aperture Desk Job, uh, which is the okay, uh, so yeah, which is the uh, Steam he probably training game wrote wrote the story and a lot of the uh, 
interaction between characters on both campaign and co-op campaign then i would assume yeah so my guess is that a lot of it is that he wrote the story and he wrote dialogue at least that went with it so he's very integral to what we know and love for what portal is but he and the team i mean he even makes it clear he's like i am not getting any younger we are reaching the point where it's crazy to think that the original development team is literally going to be too old to work on portal 3 so we should just do it and again i mean even kotaku makes mention here portal 2 was released in 2011 you know that game is uh what 11 years old now this year so that's a big thing, yeah. but we know what portals like when it comes to the number three. So, well, that's yeah. Any, any valve game, it seems like it has a hard time reaching that, that third installment. But yeah. It's just, who's it's, to say, I mean, I don't know. They, they put, they, they could have uh, taken enough break from portal. I mean, the, they never actually say for certain if Aperture Labs, if there's only one lab or, you know, there there could be labs all over, you know, the world. They, they don't even say if it, it takes place in the uh, technically. I mean, I think Black Mesa is mentioned a few times in Portal, but they don't actually say if it takes place in the, the same dimension as what's going on in Half-Life. So... I mean, and they they could also continue with um, maybe making the uh, that player made um, expansion canon, so they could continue on from that as well. Maybe because don't yeah, don't forget that there was that uh, player made expansion. I never finished it, unfortunately. I should probably go back and You're do it because I was Black close Mesa, to the right? end. Or are you talking what, about a different expansion? That? Which expansion in particular are you talking about? Um, the one for Portal. Uh, let me let me see if I can scroll down and find expansion it. Expansion for Portal. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, but I want to say and it was a fan created. You had one. to because okay, yeah, you had to think in three dimensions, and the third dimension was actually time. Hmm. Okay. And I mean, that might be one of those other realities that they kind of put into it, especially with, you know, kind of traveling through time in in a sense with what happened in Portal 2. And of course, the introduction. Yeah, Portal Reloaded. uh, Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I actually remember that now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that could be another thing that actually gets introduced as an official mechanic, though, if a Portal 3 would ever exist. Um, But he's just, you know, Valve has really transitioned to one of those that's kind of more developing a lot of like hardware and uh, software for hardware than they are actually developing games more than anything. Um, You know, of course, all the investment in VR, we've got the steam deck that's still shipping out to everybody. Um, But you know, it doesn't mean that they can't necessarily say that. No, it doesn't mean they can't do it, but yeah, I mean, they did just put out half-life Alex when they put out the uh, index. So, I mean, granted it was, you know, kind of their, their showcase um, software to showcase their device, you know, their their tech demo. But it was a full-length game, you know, and one of the longest VR titles that, you know, is a full-length story anyway. Um, so that, that that's one thing to consider, that they continue to set the bar for, for the uh, gaming industry as far as, you know, what the industry is capable of, of doing 
as far as gameplay and as far as writing and story and progression. So, well, I, the other thing I wonder though, too, is that like half-life Alex was made for, um, was made as like a VR title. Like, you know, it's like, here is our, right. our core VR title. And then, uh, uh, desk job, uh, portal desk job was built as kind of a way to help people get used to playing, um, on the Steam Deck, you know, get used to all yeah, the that was a tech controls. <laughs> exactly. So, what's the likelihood? And maybe this is a concern for them that they. Uh, this is a, this is just an idea here. That this isn't anything that we've read or seen. But what's the potential that they could be trying to look at a way to make Portal a like a, a third Portal game as a VR title instead? But Oof. the problem the problem that you run into though is cool. that you know it would be cool. But I think part of the problem, though, is that with the amount of movement, motion, and even like all the portals you're actually going through, you know, trying to get from point A to point B, and especially some of those disassociating things where, say, like you shoot a portal the wrong way. And so when you come out of that portal, you immediately like, you know, flip around. So your head's upside down. You know, is it possible that they've experimented with that stuff and there's just too much disassociation going on and they're finding more and more players are actually getting you know, sick from, from doing that, you know, motion sickness from, right. from those types of things. But it makes me wonder if we could see something like that when we see the next phase of VR for, for Valve, you know, the index mm-hmm. two, the index pro, the, the index squared, if you call it, I don't know what I would call it, yeah. but that, that's just my, that's just my thought on it is that because of the investment in VR and the portable stuff, who knows? Maybe it could be the next Steam Deck and the next VR headset that come out. You join them together, and now you can play Portal in VR um, w- on the go with this setup. You know, could it be that? Right. Um, but again, just an idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead and wrap up here with this other story we've got. Of course, don't have a tagline for it here, but it's actually an interesting one, and it's it's actually would be really cool to see if it does happen. Uh, Kyle, you actually shared this one with me. So talk about it, man. What is going on here in, in this world? So as a rumor and there, uh, I guess it, it is supposed to be more than, um, just rumor, but there's no actual images of it yet. But for the 50th anniversary of Atari Lego is actually going to be producing a Lego 2600 console with the uh joystick so similar think similar to the lego ness uh that we received what was it two years ago now or was it a year ago it was about a year um ago. yeah about a year ago but similar to the lego ness um with the tv and the mario of course being is that there is no images and no actual um confirmed design yet for it we don't know if it'll just be the console and the um, paddle or if it will be, you know, you, you get to build a cartridge and a TV to go along with it. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I, I personally want to get the NES um, just because I've gotten back into the Legos thing. And, of, of course, in my background, I've got my uh, Sonic Green oh, Hill 1-1. Yeah, huh? yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Just this announcement, especially after ordering that uh, new Atari VCS, this is really cool for me. I, as cool as this one is, you know, I would almost see it like what I think would be really neat for them to do is if they sold these in like two different forms. Is if you already have the NES and TV, 
you know, the, the one mm-hmm. that came in that set, could you buy the console separately and have a um, one of those scenes that you could actually change out in the TV? So as you, like, you know, turn the little crank to actually move things on the screen itself, it's an Atari game instead. You know, you're just changing out the track to 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 do that, you know? Or, uh, that- and then another pack would be both the TV and the console. That would be cool. However, the one hiccup I have with the Atari, um, and the the reason I say it better come with at least a blank TV with mm-hmm. maybe an Atari logo on it, yeah. is the price point is set for actually two hundred dollars US, which makes it only thirty dollars less than the Nintendo uh, NES. Is that what that's going for? Is the le- the Lego yeah. NES okay? Two hundred and twenty nine dollars. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. okay. So being so, around the two hundred dollar price point, yeah, it's gonna have to come with a TV then, I guess. Yeah, it better come with the old boob tube. At, at least you know, even if it just comes with a uh, blank screen or a blank screen that you can put an Atari logo onto, I would be happy with that. Uh, Atari games aren't super difficult to, uh, I don't know, picture. So it, if they gave you enough of a uh, of a screen, you could almost put your own like mock up of an Atari game, even if it was like Pitfall or something. You know, Adventure Square, probably one of the most simple ones, or Pong, or you know, or instead, Kyle, come on, I know you're gonna do it, ET. Oh God! Yes, get your own, oh, get your God. own ability to print your own label to slap oh, right there on the front of that cartridge to be able to have ET on there, and then then every time you get to admire this Lego console that you've built, you also look and realize that you were silly enough to do a, a thing that uh, broke that. the game yeah. industry one time. Yeah, exactly. You, way to go! That's exactly on you for doing that. It's just it was just an idea, just because of the the history with ET anyway. Um, oh yeah, but I want to I want to ask you this though uh before we wrap things up here on um the weekly news roundup of course about these legos is that not only have we seen the investment in all of the mario legos you know not only the interactive ones which quite frankly with all the sets it feels overpriced but it is at least neat to see them do that we have um you know this more like adult collector one not only with the nes console and the tv but also the question block that opens up to super mario 64 Mm -hmm. and now of course you've got the sonic set that came out um, that you have, of course, sitting right behind you. With all this investment well, and in... Prior to that, uh, Minecraft and... Minecraft especially, uh, yeah. Yeah, th- there was one other... Oh, Overwatch. They've done Overwatch. Overwatch as well. They did Overwatch as well, and I wouldn't be surprised if we're forgetting a few other video game ones potentially. No. But I just... I- I'm talking at least about more like recent stuff, especially as it relates more to um, the nostalgia of video games, especially going back mm-hmm. to like our childhood. Um what do you think is going to be happening going forward with, you know, Lego and more of this stuff? Because there's already rumors going around that we're going to have another console release here soon. Um, another Nintendo console release in Lego form. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it's the super Nintendo because if it is, that is going oh, to be the one be. I will pick up. Um, but that's, you know, there's the rumor of that. I mean, I know that the Sonic set was, uh, I think that was a Lego idea set that then ended up evolving and then getting, you know, the stamp of approval from Sega. Mm-hmm. But what do you think could potentially happen going forward, though? Like, what else is there, you know, that you would like to see as a fan for both being a gamer and with Lego? Oh, man. Uh, 
I, I really like the idea of them going back to some of the classics like this, um, like the, the Sonic and Mario. I, I, I don't know what other, what other franchises though they could tackle. Personally, I'm not a big fan of the actual Mario Mario sets. Um, I, I, think the figures look kind of wonky and just weird yeah. it really worked out good for the sonic set uh just because of the way the blocks are and you know the way that the landscape was actually uh drawn and animated in the original sonic game it just it worked out perfect for it yeah it wasn't um, anything block it wasn't like the mario ones where they're so blocky and out of place and they've got that interactivity to them because you don't need that for sonic Right, right. I I don't know. I I could see them going further into the video game world. I hate to see it maybe potentially go in in the uh, way of like Fortnite, but you know, or Call of Duty, God forbid, but it, if they did some more like interesting fun sets, like they could do potentially Crash Bandicoot. Uh Sly Cooper would be really cool, I think. Sly Cooper may not be too bad, but, you know, as many fans as there are of it, it just makes me think it's, uh, I hate to say obscure with Sly Cooper, but it is a little obscure, but I I don't know. I, I feel like there, there's a lot of ideas, uh, both in just basic play sets for, for children as, as well as, you know, some of the idea or creator sets that are more targeted for adult audiences that that could potentially be out there as far as the the video game franchises and and even just the uh the uh companies that that put out the video games you know um Nintendo Sega um some of the smaller companies even um might have chances to to have some success on on the Lego front as far as collectibles yeah, because there's been enough, at least, nostalgic stuff out there to, um, y- you know, I mean, there's there's enough of nostalgia with what's built up that, like, the, the sky is the limit, really, when it comes to, like, what they could build out and make. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I guess maybe for my side, what I would like to see, um, oh, my God, uh, I know they won't make it because I know what Nintendo's stance is really on making... Um, weapons in that really more than anything i know we used to see like the old west lego that had like you know their little revolver type guns and that too yeah but would be like accessories for the nes console like the the zapper um the um uh the zapper would be one you know it'd be also interesting to see them make the power glove as well to go with the Ooh, nes cool. or like a lego rob as well you know, w- would that be one of those things that they could potentially come out with is, you know, it's like take some of these additional attachments or expansions of the console themselves and release those as long as we don't get a, um, a virtual boy. I don't want a Lego Lego virtual boy because I know I won't get headaches from it. But as I go to put my eyes up to it to see whatever's inside, I'm going to stab myself in the face with Lego. It's not what I want. OK, so just let's clear the air on that one, you know. Here, here, here! How about this? They just go the next step, and they send you a board, and you get to make a Lego original Game Boy that actually works. A Lego Game Boy that actually works. Well, from they, what they we... send you the board and the screen, yeah. and you have to build the actual case, but it's all Lego parts. 
Well, from stuff we've seen, like especially like how um, Lego has actually evolved. Like, I mean, you and I looked at pictures of when the original Slave One was released back from uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, and the more recent Slave One that's now available to purchase. And you see, like, we've shoot, seen the even quality change. That R2D2. Mm hmm. Compared oh, yeah. to the R2-D2 that they have on the shelf right now for the uh, creator set that, that, once again, one of those sets that's more targeted towards adults. And I'm I'm pretty sure that the uh, the original R2-D2 from back in, what, 2001 was more targeted towards a, a teenage audience. But as far as, like, detail oh, and, and everything goes, the one for, for now is, like, miles beyond what they had back back then Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah definitely oh would i like to see a uh, handheld though like see them bring out like a game a lego game boy that'd be awesome that would be cool it wouldn't cost it should not cost 229 dollars though don't get me i would like to see a sega genesis i'd like to see more um sonic uh Mm -hmm. like landscapes i guess they could do that with mario too I would really like to see Mario landscapes. Get me, you know, the the Bowser um, scene just at the end of the level, you know, with the axe and the bridge and everything. Give me Bowser, you know. Let let me let me build that. That'd be really cool. I think that would be slick. No, I hundred yeah. percent there with you is to make some more of those, especially because they've already proven that they can do that with what the the actual little flip out modules of the question block look like. You know, just expand that a little bit more. Yeah, it's perfect. Because each one of those is, it's supposed to be, what, a miniaturized uh, representation of each one of the lands in Mario 64 or something like that? Yeah, it's not every single one of them, but it's more of the recognizable ones. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. So, uh, yeah, give us some of those, too. Yeah, for those collectors who can't spend 230 bucks on a Lego set, give us something else that we can kind of backfill with, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's that's my thought on it. But anyway, so that's it, though, for the news this week, or at least as it's been curated by us. There's plenty of other stories that have been going on out there this week as, uh, as well, especially with the most recent announcement about apparently a private equity firm is looking to acquire Ubisoft. But that's, of course, all new news, and we'll have to just see how things play out going into other discussions, and we'll talk about that in next week's weekly news roundup. But, of course... You're watching us here on YouTube, so be sure to hit that subscribe button. So when we do go live again with the next weekly news roundup, you're able to tune in, catch us on there, and uh, talk with us, of course, about all the different news events from this week. And, of course, be sure to go check out our podcast. Uh, We talk about Battle Royale games in this next episode of the NPCs Discussed this upcoming Thursday. So be sure to go and uh, subscribe to your podcast. Uh, to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, or go check us out on anchor.fm slash the dash NPCs dash podcast. But with that, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you all in the next one. Bye-bye.